Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Cool Sports Network. I am your host, Chase Coburn, and today I'm welcoming back to the show YouTuber with now, what is that? Oh, 100,000 subscribers, and Mr. Don't Overthink It himself, Andrew Fenichel. Fetty, how's it going? Welcome back. What's going on, man? Uh, it's good to be back. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you are able to come on. Audience, I will ask Andrew a few questions here, kind of like catch it up since we last met, and then... The main part of our episode, though, is going to be debating LeBron versus Jordan. Obviously, with Andrew's title on here, you obviously cannot tell who he likes. I'm pretty sure he's on Jordan's side, but I can't really tell. But uh, yeah, we're going to be debating the GOAT debate LeBron versus Jordan for most of this. But why don't we start off, man? I mean, you came on about a year ago. I think it was in January, and you had about 40,000 subscribers. You were big. But now you've just grew substantially. You've had 60, grown over 60,000 subscribers since we last met, you started your own merchandise line. Kind of break all that down. Like, what's new since we last met? Yeah, man. Uh, first of all, last time we met, I mean, Bradley Beal was still a wizard. The Wizards were actually, <laughs> like, somewhat competitive. Like, what's that? Right? We definitely yeah, didn't lose by 39 to the Cavs the other night. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a brutal year for, for DC. Yeah, but, it has. Uh, yeah, man. Life's been good. Uh Still kind of in the same place, just been really grinding over the last year. You know, like you said, I think last time we spoke, I was about at around 40K. And yeah. now, you know, it's been fun watching the growth. And, you know, it's obviously paid off. Now I'm at 100,000. I did launch my own merchandise line, andrewfenichel.com. If you want to support, let me know. Uh, which, by the way, I've been meaning to hook you up with some merch. I want to do that. Oh, so, thank you, man. Appreciate uh, 100%, it. Yeah, yeah. 100%. We'll talk after this. But, yeah, just trying to, like, go from – small scale operation like almost go from where i started which was purely out of just enjoyment for sports and creating content right that's really where why i started doing this just because it was fun and try to go from that to really making this like a sustainable career so yeah launching merchandise and you know working with new brands that i support and i think are cool and kind of support me in my mission and traveling more right. you know uh i'm actually i can break this live here on the show i just got uh a, i just signed a contract with a brand that's gonna pay me to go to the nfl draft in oh Detroit, wow which is i can't wait for that i know Please so vlog. Cool. oh 100 i got i got a lot coming so yeah man just so, trying to have yeah. fun with it and uh continue just grinding and you know putting out good content I love it. And yes, your content has been just absolutely amazing. And it, and it's so interesting, right? I mean, whatever age you are, like, it's crazy how much better you can get over time. Like, right. I, you really, like, I loved your long four videos before you came on, but like, I know you haven't made as many in 20, I know you didn't make as many in 2023, but like your video with the 50,000 subscriber special, and I think it was like March of 2023, like, mm -hmm. those are great. Like, I feel like you're just continuing to improve and it. It's really awesome to see. Let's kind of transition to sports, though. We, again, we're going to be talking LeBron Jordan today. But obviously, I think the thing that's on everyone's mind right now is the NFL playoffs are coming up soon. As a Raven fan, I am as nervous as I've ever been before, considering I feel like there's so much hype around us. Um, I'm sorry about your commanders, but... Who's your who's your Super Bowl pick? First, first break down what's going on in Washington, and then break down your Super Bowl pick for us. I would argue it's a great time to be a Commanders fan. Like we we hopefully are finally gonna get a top tier quarterback prospect, right? We've kind of been dancing right. around like 
We got Sam Howell, who showed promise at Carolina. And I still like Sam. I still think he's a good quarterback. But, yeah, I mean, this is it's the opposite of what the Wizards have been doing for the last five years, is being mediocre, right? Now both teams right. are kind of just like, you know what, new ownership. Let's fire Ron Rivera, get a new head coach, new staff, new quarterback, just and let's ride. So not not at all, man. Hopefully we're in the Ravens position one day once we get our guy. Yeah. But right. NFL playoffs. Look, I really don't know. I feel like usually I have an opinion for everything. This year's NFL playoffs really have started to stump me. There's a reason I haven't put out like my NFL playoff picks yet. This right. Season. Yeah, yeah. So I what I will say is not picking Niners Ravens feels like you're just trying to be different. Right. You know what I mean? Which look, everyone yeah. in sports and everyone in sports media sometimes falls accustomed to just trying to do right. something that no one else is talking about. And odds are I'm going to do the same thing. But also I do think it's valid because like, I mean, look, I'm a big Lamar Jackson guy. You can't dart around the fact that he's had his playoff struggles for better or worse. Uh, there you go. There he is. <laughs> I have like three other things of Lamar, by the way, in my bedroom. It's just the closest thing there. <laughs> Got to get a replica Super Bowl trophy, Lombardi trophy, if they win. Uh, yeah, but absolutely. Like, as dominant as the Niners are, I mean, you've seen their rock bottom when Brock Purdy looks like Mr. Irrelevant rather 100%. than Jim. Yeah. It's like they have as low of a floor as any team in the playoffs, too, I'd argue. So it's. There's so many moving parts here. The Bills are the hottest team in football, I guess, all of a sudden. And still got the Chiefs that I don't want to count out because I <laughs> right. don't ever count out the Chiefs. So You know, Andrew, I don't mean to cut you off there, but you mentioned the Bills. It's so weird. Like, they have wins over the Cowboys, Dolphins, and Chiefs over the last five games. And yet, tell me if I'm wrong, they don't look great. Like, I don't know if that's just me watching. Like, they kind of look like they're barely getting these wins, like, barely holding on. It's, like, such a weird thing to where, like, you're winning all of these games, but, like, it doesn't feel like you're winning. I don't know. It's been a weird thing when I've watched the Bills. 100%. And it's almost like if the Bills lose this weekend, I could totally see it turning into a whole, like, McDermott gets fired. You right. Know, Stephon Diggs asks out because there's still some weirdness seemingly in that relationship, like, Josh Allen gets thrown, or I could see them win the Super Bowl because they still have that right. kind of talent. So <laughs> right. you're right. I don't know what's going on with the Bills or what to really make of them, but I do know I wouldn't want to play them. That's that's yeah sure on the Ravens. Right. Yeah, I'm a Raven fan, and I've kind of been talking about lately kind of the teams I fear most to play in the playoffs. The hot a hot Bills team I am absolutely afraid of. I know this sounds crazy, but with a stellar defense, they know Lamar. And Joe Flacco has as many road playoff wins as Tom Brady. Don't count out the Browns. I'm literally staring at a picture of Joe Flacco raising the Lombardi trophy right now. Um, right. And then, again, as you mentioned earlier, how do you count out the Chiefs? Like, they seem to be a mess. But to me, they're the champs until someone says otherwise. So those are kind of my three biggest uh, kind of fears as a Raven fan. But I got to give it up. Whatever prediction you make, if it's not the Ravens, I'm going to feel scared. Last year, you came on here. You said Chiefs over Eagles, and I. it's funny. I was you now in this situation. I wanted to be different. I didn't want to pick Chiefs-Eagles, and then I ended up picking, I think it was Bills-Niners or whatever, but you were the one that ended up being right, so we'll see if you get it right again. There you go. Yeah, should be exciting. I'm, I'm super nervous as a Raven fan, but I'm excited for the playoffs for sure. It'll be a lot of fun. I do, yeah. I do think it would be cool Thank if the Ravens won, I will say. 
I think that would be an awesome yeah. story. And it would just put the little like Lamar haters to rest once and for all. Yeah. Would he be quarterbacky enough at that point or what? Yeah. Right. <laughs> all right. Now let's get into really what we want to talk about here. And that is Jordan versus LeBron. As you could tell by his title, AKA big LeBron guy. Um, and if you've been a fan of his channel for a while or even not a while, you probably know Andrew thinks that LeBron is the GOAT. Personally, I'm a Jordan guy. Maybe I'm a part of the boring majority, but personally, I am a Michael Jordan guy. So let's kind of debate this thing. You know, Jimmy Highroller made a video about this, and he's like, there are three things guaranteed in life. Death, taxes, and the NBA GOAT debate. And if you're a sports fan, that's 100% true. So let's break it down. Let's kind of start off, right? There, I feel like everybody immediately, the argument is kind of, okay, LeBron could do more. He's had more longevity. Jordan won six rings, 6-0 six and in the finals, and it all ends there. Let's kind of start this off by you explaining your main reasons why you think LeBron is the greatest to ever play the sport. Let's do it. And I'm actually going to take a different approach to this because you're right. Death taxes in the GOAT debate. Everyone's heard this debate over and over again on every show, every podcast. So just for the listeners of my man Chase Coburn, this is this is my like – I was really thinking about this in the shower this morning. I was trying to think of a different way to approach the Jordan versus LeBron thing. And I think it's that we could go back and forth for hours about, you know, six and oh in the finals, four and six, all time scoring record versus highest points. But like we could go back and forth on that and we will. But I don't think we're going to get anywhere doing that. I think the right. point is that you, you can have so many different arguments for each guy that it makes it an impossible debate. For me, the reason why I think – the core reason why I think LeBron's the GOAT is because he kind of personifies what a GOAT should be. So let me explain it this way. If you're James Naismith, right, fast forward to 2024, and, you know, you are looking upon the landscape of this sport that you created for your, you know, college PE class or whatever it was that, you know, you come in with the basketball. Like – the GOAT should be a guy that can do everything on the court, you know, exemplifies winning, has no weaknesses, makes his teammates better, and just scores the most points, right? Like, basically, Mike – or Le, sorry, LeBron James checks every single box, both as a player and in terms of accolades. So, again, it's like if you want to argue, yeah, Jordan never lost in the finals, fine. LeBron obviously has but LeBron's made it more time. So like, I just think it's all marginal. It's all very close. But when I think right. of like, if I'm a coach, even who would I show whose film would I show a young, you know, wannabe NBA player, a young player to like learn the game. It would be LeBron James. Cause he can do everything the way he's gotten better, the way he came to the league as a non-shooter. And now he's shooting 40% from three and it's, he just, right. I just saw the other night he became the Lakers' third all-time leading three-point shooter. That's insane. What? Wow. Yeah. I, like, that's crazy. I'm so, yeah. I just, People like, wanted to. Were? I mean, I assume Kobe and then. That's a good question. It might be like Kobe and. Uh, I would I mean, see Jerry West, but the three-pointer wasn't around back then. Right. So. Wait, Wayne Ellington? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Derek Fisher. But yeah. basically, like, and I want to hear where your take is. I just think. In all facets of the game, on and off the court, LeBron personifies the perfect basketball player. If you wanted to build someone in a lab, it would be LeBron James. 
and he has the accolades in any and everything else to back it up. There's no weaknesses in his resume, and that's my take. I love it, but I also feel like, and you were stumbling on it, you almost said Jordan uh, when you were talking there. You know, you're like, this is why, I mean, LeBron. Um, I feel like you just described Jordan. One thing I do want to get out of the way real quick is, guys, we are not debating the boat. We are debating the GOAT. It is not the best player of all time. I feel like everybody confuses the greatest player of all time and the best player of all time. Let me put it this way. I think the best Laker of all time is Kobe Bryant. I think the greatest Laker of all time is Magic Johnson. In a way that, like, yeah, Kobe had the, what, 18 all-star teams, third, fourth all-time in scoring. Like, he has that kind of stuff. But are the Lakers the Lakers without Magic Johnson? Like, I feel like there has to be also, when you're talking about, if you're James Naismith and you fast-forward to 2024, what do you want your sport to be? I also want my sport to be a guy that everybody looks up to and a guy that revolutionizes the game. To me, I feel like that's what Jordan did. I feel like everything that you were describing, and look, again, between the best player and the greatest player of all time, I can't argue with the fact that LeBron can probably do more with a basketball than Michael Jordan. I can't argue with that, right? LeBron probably is a more efficient three-point shooter. LeBron is definitely a better passer. He's more physical, right? I mean, I, I can't argue with the fact that Jordan can do more with LeBron, but it's the sure dominance of Michael Jordan. And it's not even the 6-0 in the finals. It's just the way he did it. Like, he never even went to a game seven in an NBA finals. Like, I feel like it just seemed like one of those things where, like, I feel like throughout LeBron's career, like, yes, he's been the best in the world, but, like, there's been the KD, the Steph, the Giannis, like, the guy that has maybe taken over the NBA for a period of time, like, maybe even just a year, half a year while LeBron's kind of been in his realm of basketball, Michael Jordan, when he was in his prime, the NBA had him for two years in the 90s when he was playing baseball. Outside of that, like, it was clear and obvious that it was Michael Jordan and that it was everyone else. Because to me, he was like that much more dominant than everyone else. That's my take. And that's why I think Jordan's a good. It's a great take. Again, I I, I don't want to make it sound like how Stephen A. Smith makes it sound, and it's not even close. This right. is an incredibly close debate. But I almost think you just made my take. Like, <laughs> the fact that Jor- like there was never competition for Jordan in the same essence that LeBron James had to go through everyone from Kobe to Steph to Durant oh, to Davis right. to why Tim Now Tony. you're losing me. Now, now you're losing me here because this is actually something I brought up. I took notes on this debate, and one of the things I put, and I put it in all caps, competition. Because to me, I feel like, and you mentioned how LeBron made 10 finals, I think Jordan had to go against tougher competition. Like, way, let, me ask, let me ask you this. Who did LeBron James need to play for, for with his second stint with the Cavs to make the NBA finals? Still had to face tougher competition once he got there. It's all it's all based on context, right? It's right. and this is part of the reason why going back to how you let off your own monologue about best versus greatest. I lean heavier towards best, and like you can't completely ignore best. You also can't completely ignore accolades. It's right. some sort of weird combination of the two. But there's so much. There's so many variables when we're talking about accolades and greatness and right like you know are, are you going to count 
against LeBron in 2015 when Kyrie and Kevin Love got hurt? Like, is that part of him losing in the finals? And then how does that play into the, you know what I mean? Or right. is, is Steph less great because he lost in 2019 because his teammates got hurt? And but that does that also counteract like Kawhi's championship run? There's so many what ifs right. and variables here. I mean, you have to just look at who's better at basketball. Right. Like to me, I hated when Max and Stephen A would be going back and forth in like 2019, 2020 on who's the best player in the NBA. And Stephen A would be like, LeBron was hurt. It still has to be LeBron. But I'm like, Kawhi took the throne. Like, I know LeBron got hurt, but like, if somebody takes it, like, I don't care what happens. Like, I feel like also we, we put as NBA fans, we put so much like context and everything we're like but he didn't have this player and then he had this player and he went against this team like Kawhi won in that playoff run and to me watching basketball it was one of the greatest stretch of like 20 games I've ever seen from an NBA player like I don't care who's healthy or not 100% which is why I lean more towards individual talent because also you also got to think about I mean look if you want to argue oh Jordan you know, different stats. Like, I'm not even going to bring up stats in this argument because you can't compare stats cross era. There are different right. pace of play, different rules, hand checking, three point line, all of that stuff is just totally different. But, but then it also sets up the argument as well. If you bring up stats, it's like, do you value your per game stats or do you value all time stats? Because LeBron, I mean, Jordan, especially from a just sure what you could do with the basketball, putting the ball in the hoop standpoint. Jordan's on-game per-season statistics are going to be much higher than LeBron James. But contrary to that, considering Jordan retired twice and then came back and, you know, kind of faced some injury issues and kind of had a dispute with the Bulls, kind of like why you had that Last Dance documentary, LeBron's going to have the longevity. So it's like, how do you really compare those two stats? What do you value? Exactly. So maybe, maybe we restart this whole debate. And just lay yeah. out, like, what are the three things? How do you value the top three parameters for this debate? Like, for example, I'll go first. I would say, like, peak skill set. How good were you? Just simply, how good were you at your best? Who is, like, the best player I've ever seen play basketball? I think that matters more than anything. And then within that, that should Great. obviously carry over to the playoffs, where playoff success is my number two. And then number three, I would say, is, like, impact on the game. That's like my top three parameters when I'm talking about all-time greatness. See, to me, when you're talking about that, I think you just lost yourself the argument. I think Jordan checks all three. Like, to me, at his, like, like, to me, at his peak, like, the thing about Jordan as well is I can't even determine when's his peak. Do you call his peak when he had two separate three-peats in the 90s? Or do you call his peak when, like, he's alone in 1987, 1988, that range, and he was averaging, like, 38 a game? Right. Like, these things just don't happen for a 25-year-old who went to North Carolina and averaged 13 and on a 1988 NBA roster. So it's like, personally, I feel like when they're at their best, like, you made a, when you made that 50,000 subscriber special, someone asked you a question, if you could have an NBA player on a 20-year contract, who would it be? And you're like, even if you're a Jordan guy, you got to say LeBron because he's been able to play longer. Right. Like, I just feel like with Jordan, it's just like the time that he did play, he was so good. Like, let me bring up this again. I know it's kind of, it, it's hard to bring up stats, but this is an interesting stat. I think that I've been doing research on 
Jordan played 13 years with the Bulls. 11 of them was when, I'll say healthy. I don't really count the 95 regular season because he was just coming back from baseball, right? And then the his second year of the NBA, he only played 18 games because he got hurt. making excuses. So, right. <laughs> um, but I'm saying in the 11 healthy, like fully played seasons Michael Jordan had in Chicago, he led the league in scoring in 10 of them. The only year he did it was in his rookie year, where he still averaged 28. But then this kind of sets up a whole other thing that we got to figure out, right? Like, Jordan dominated that era so much. How do you compare eras, right? How do you, like, were Jordan's stats inflated or were LeBron's stats inflated because they're in a different era? Like, that... That, I actually think, is the big, the hardest thing to compare. Because you could say, oh, if you put uh, LeBron in the 90s, he's physical, he'd be able to play through that tough basketball. I mean, I'm sure Le- Jordan would be able to adapt to a modern style of basketball, too. So it's like, it's so hard to kind of compare eras and how players dominated in their respective era. If anything, the eras thing is why I'm lower on Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I don't think people talk enough about how weak the 70s were. Like, you're a DC guy. The Bullets made four finals <laughs> Seventies. That's crazy. We would right. tell me the Washington Bullets. I bet the majority of basketball fans today couldn't name a single player on the Bullets team, and they went to almost fifty percent of the finals in the seventies. Right. That's that. Like, and the fact that Kareem. It's the last time we've been good. <laughs> actually, though, and look, those teams. I mean, West Unseld, Elvin Hayes, good players on those teams. Right. But like compared to the sixties. Or then, obviously, the 80s, once Magic and Bird entered the league. The 70s were the weakest era in NBA history. So, 100%. Versus, you're right. If we're talking 90s versus 2010, 2020s, yeah, I, I, don't really, I don't really have a super strong argument about which era was better. They were just so Right, different. yeah. Because, I mean, I also, and this is actually kind of being pro-LeBron on this take, I hate when us Jordan people say that like and i'm kind of putting us in a group here when other people in this jordan group per se are like well jordan had to play in a much tougher era i'm like guys just like stop like a more physical era i'm like it all like all sets eventually it still all comes back to being the best player like i do hate when people bring that up like come on now like i just i don't get it yeah it's just a different style dude bill lambeer today would get run off the court because he couldn't shoot and he'd have to play drop coverage Right. right. But in the, in the 90s, Bill or in the 80s, I should even say, like, yeah, Lambeer was one of the better centers in the NBA. It's even a guy like that's the thing. In today's era, you can't have any weaknesses. I mean, if you you will get especially in the playoffs, you will get targeted on either end and just I mean, exposed. Look at Jalen Brown. Like, literally, he is the highest paid player in the league. Not saying he deserves that at all. When I say that, he does not deserve that at all. But I mean, he is one of the best players on one of the, if not the best team in basketball. And he had one issue and that was being the primary ball handler. And the Celtics, I'd say lost to the playoffs last year, mainly because of that. Like he had one weakness and he lost and they lost because of that one weakness. It's why like, and we're getting a little bit off topic here, but it's, it's important to the general conversation. Right. Like when you, when people ask me 96 bulls or 2017 warriors, well, the Bulls had no shooting, right? Like, versus the Warriors, yeah, maybe they didn't have Michael Jordan. I mean, he's still a Kevin Durant. So if we're talking ISO scoring, they got it. But, like, it's almost about having less weaknesses than better strengths. 
And going back to your point a second ago, yeah, Jordan was the better scorer. I mean, no one's arguing that. But that's almost why I think LeBron's so great. His worst, I'd almost argue his worst skill is scoring. He never, he doesn't want to score. He's not, I don't think he's a natural scorer. Like Jordan kind of just flowed his way into 40. It's, it's amazing, right? right? I, I, I'd argue actually his, you're going to hate me for saying this. I'd argue LeBron's worst skill is when he was choking in the playoffs at some points. Let's talk about it. Let's talk Cause, about it. Because to me, like, like let, me, let me ask you this before I kind of make my take. Can you name one moment where Michael Jordan choked in the playoffs? I can. 1994 NBA Finals. I love that you brought this up because this is what I spent today researching. <laughs> so, first of all, and I'll give you points on this. Jordan never choked, I would say, to the to the degree that LeBron choked in 2011 against the Mavs. Right. That is, like, if I had to give one... Because of the, because this debate's so close, if I had to find one reason to go Jordan over LeBron, it would probably be that. Like, yeah, LeBron LeBron blew it in 2011. I mean, if you watch the fourth quarter of that game, it's he doesn't do anything down the stretch. I think he misses a couple. It's bad, right? Like, if anything, Dwayne Wade was the best player in that series for the for the hundred percent. Yeah. 20, 1994, though. George Carl is coaching the Seattle Supersonics. They make the NBA Finals. They face off against Jordan's Bulls. Games one to three, the Bulls win all three because George Carl didn't have Gary Payton guarding Michael Jordan. It's 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 dumbfounding. It almost doesn't even sound. How like, does that make sense? <laughs> he didn't have he didn't have Payton guard because it's like a one versus two thing. In game four, they're down. Was it NBA two K? I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are we? What are we doing here? Game four, George Carl's like, you know what? Screw it. We have nothing to lose. Let me put, oh yeah, my defensive player of the year guard on the second greatest player of all time, greatest at the moment. What? Just go with it. <laughs> Three games. Go Supersonics win, Supersonics win, Bulls win in game six. Jordan stats in those games, those last three games, 23.7 points, 5.3 rebounds, 3.3 assists, 3.7 turnovers, not good. 36.7% from the field, 11% from three. Now, that Supersonics team, Sean Kemp, Gary Payton's obviously a legend. I wouldn't say the strongest, but if you're telling me they didn't, if they had Gary Payton guarding Jordan from game one, and they had, sure, this is all in what ifs now. I'm kind of stretching here a little bit. Right. Those are three bad games. Even in game seven, I believe Jordan went five for 19. Or game six, five yeah. for 19. And it was like Dennis Rodman had 22 rebounds. And I think Scotty <laughs> had 22 or something. And they still won the series. They still won in six. Fine. Jordan was unbelievable in games one to three. I think that's a blemish that people don't talk about. You know why they don't talk about it? It's because he wins. Like, I know this is also hard to put on LeBron considering his teams. And I will admit this. LeBron's teams... Like consistently, like there are there are many teams that LeBron had when he was in the finals that would not even be close to the '90s Bulls. I can't argue with that, but I also feel like part of what makes Jordan so great is like he actually like always found ways to win. Like I know that doesn't look great, but like he still won. Like I feel like there is something about like 
Jordan always won. It was like a crazy thing to think about. It was like no matter what happens, no matter what the team goes through. I mean, 1998, I, how, like, that, if those Bulls were in today's NBA, like, they would be the only thing on the internet. Like, uh, you know, De- Dennis Rodman and, uh, and and Coach Jackson getting in a, in a brawl or whatever, or, you know, GM and Jordan with dispute. Like, they would be all over the internet right now, and they had so many things going on. And Jordan had, to me, one of the best seasons of his career. Like, I just feel like he wins no matter what's happening. And to me, when I look at LeBron, and again, I'm not going to lie, those Cavs teams, tw- that 2018 Cavs team, I, they weren't even close to the Warriors. Like, I remember I was really young then, but, like, watching that series, I'm first getting into basketball. I'm like, this is the championship? Like, it wasn't even close. Like, the Warriors were so much better. Maybe that's just the Dynasty Warriors. But... Yet, I feel like LeBron, in four years, and I get I get how dominant those Warriors teams were, he won one of them. He went one out of four. That's not great. And something I also want to bring up as well, you're like, oh, you know, look at who LeBron had to go against. Can I tell you why Jordan didn't really need to go against these dynasties? Why? It's because he was the dynasty. Like, the Bulls were the dynasty. Like, LeBron and... And, like and, and maybe again, it's all personal preference here. Now we're kind of going into what ifs. Well, not what ifs, but like crazy thoughts or whatever. I mean, LeBron didn't stay with the team for long enough to me to be truly considered a long-term dynasty. So maybe that's part of the argument against him. But I don't know. Because while the Bulls were a dynasty, LeBron's teams were never a dynasty. LeBron James himself was the dynasty. And I'm glad you brought up this whole LeBron. Well, yeah. Well, Jordan always found a way to win. I would argue LeBron actually was better at winning and more often found a way to win. Let me explain. Basically, the core of this argument is I never understood why people think it's a bad thing that Jordan lost in the finals. Obviously, better to win the finals than lose it. But the the fact that it's a negative, like a tarnish on LeBron's legacy that, oh, he made the finals and then lost, especially like when you said 2007 (laughs) – Nobody on earth in the history of basketball <laughs> could have won that series. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I know a lot about the NBA. I don't think I can name one other player on that Cavs team. Booty I'm being Z. honest. <laughs> right. Like, I think Big Is Z, Big Z on, on the team? team? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's like, so, I, again, this kind of back to my point a few minutes ago about context. It's not as simple as just what your record was in the finals. But to go even further, this is also part of my research this morning. God, I keep like bringing up your points. It's like you had the script this morning. Goodness. Well, because look, man, I've, I've, I know what Jordan fans bring to this argument, and they're all right. good points. So I have to dig right. into yeah, the, yeah. the archives to try to find ways to dispel these these arguments. Okay. In so Jordan played thirteen years in the NBA. LeBron going into this year, because obviously You're saying not including his Wizards years. Right? I, those are just to be gone. They're like lost. They, they don't count his. Wait, but you said 13 years. That would mean he played 15, right? Because I thought he played 13 years. I forget. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm counting the Wizards years because why should we? Okay. I thought you were just including Chicago. My bad. Yeah, I'm not counting the Wizards years. Yes. (laughs) He either had 40 or he had 10. I mean, (laughs) somewhere in between. (laughs) On this this podcast of all of them, we got to count the Wizards years. (laughs) Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So – and yeah, Jordan going into this year, because obviously they hasn't they haven't played the playoffs yet, has played 20. Okay, 13.3% of Jordan's seasons, he's missed the playoffs. LeBron's missed the playoffs in 20 of them. 
So, okay, advantage Jordan. But once they make the playoffs, LeBron has infinitely more success. Jordan lost in the first round 20% of the time. LeBron in, I believe it's 16 playoff appearances, has lost in the first round once. That's crazy. I have a question. Does LeBron hang a a banner in his basement for making it out of the first round? No, but let's keep going. Round two. Jordan's made the second round of the playoffs 67% of the time he's in of his career, right? Two-thirds of his seasons, he made at least the second round. LeBron, 75% advantage LeBron. Conference finals, 53% of Michael Jordan's career seasons, he's made at least the conference finals. LeBron, 60%. This is all, this is all winning. These are games you have to win. Okay. Making the NBA finals, Jordan made the NBA finals in 40% of his seasons. LeBron, 50% of his career seasons. It's a coin flip if you walk into a random LeBron year, whether or not he made the finals. That's crazy. So, yes, once they got to the finals, and look, you can argue about strength of schedule in the earlier rounds, sure, but it's still winning. I like the argument that Jordan was better at winning and always found a way to win. I would argue LeBron more often won more games in the playoffs carrying bad teams and that should matter as much as what your record is once you get to the finals okay but i'm not gonna lie and and i actually will bring up strength of schedule uh lebron's path to the lebron's path to the nba finals was victor oladipo uh demar Derozan, and kyrie irving all those guys is the number one player on the team i'm just i'm just bringing something up like as a time great whether you're the goat or not you should be able to be able to carry your team past those guys what about 2020? Because let's talk bubble. I feel like people also tarnish LeBron for the bubble. I don't know what your take I, on the bubble I, I am on your side for that one. He should not be taken away for the bubble. I think if they had home court, the Lakers still would have won. They were the best team that year. They were my prediction from, like, right literally. I think actually the day before the NBA closed down, I told my dad, I'm like, I think the Lakers got it this year. And then the NBA closed out. Like, I think the Lakers were still that kind of team. Well, you're a smart man, Chase. And also, if you want to talk road to the finals that year, first round, Bubble Dame, who, if you remember, was going crazy. Bubble Dame was nuts. Dame Dame around that time, by the way, possibly one of the more underrated players ever. Like, he could put the ball in the hoop. Oh, yeah. He averaged, I looked it up again this morning, he was averaging 38 a game in the play-in games in the bubble. Ridiculous. He won Bubble MVP. Just Crazy stuff across the board. Round one, they beat him in five. Next round, they play James Harden in the Rockets. And look, this is still like MVP putting up crazy numbers, James Harden. Uh, is it the same James Harden that chokes in the playoffs? I mean, I, I love James Harden, but is it the same James Harden that chokes in the playoffs? Just wondering. Look, still beat him in five. Still a good okay. player, winning yeah. five. And then the conference finals, they play Jokic, winning five again. I mean – those are three – that's not an easy road to the finals. No, that's 100%. No, I get it. When shot it, makers it, it, are going crazy. Like, it would actually hurt me to criticize the Lakers' bubble run because I feel like I'm always on the defensive side saying how good it is. This is the first time ever where I feel like I need to – look, I feel like we could do this forever. Like, we could also go back to Jordan's playoff runs and we could be like, well, that team was easier than that team. And I feel like now we're kind of also losing the point of the argument that we were talking about better. Let's get back to, like, who's the best, who's the greatest basketball player of all time? The one thing I do want to touch on, though, and you went back to, like, the three most important things. You said your peak, your playoff success, 
and your what was the last one? It was like your influence on the game. Yeah, Jordan. I have one word, like literally Jordan, or actually one word, Air. Like, if you want to talk about your impact of the game, like how international was the NBA before Michael Jordan came in? Obviously, to me, when you were talking about earlier, who would James Naismith if he created a guy to make basketball the game that it is? Wouldn't he want a player that makes it? One of the more popular sports around the world. Yeah, because LeBron. I mean, about Jordan, like yeah, the movie Air and Jordan shoes. Sure. Okay. Don't don't act like LeBron has an especially the actual NBA, the league itself. Player empowerment, huge part of LeBron's legacy. Right. I mean. I mean, we we can argue whether player empowerment is good or not, but I mean, yeah, he did sure. make an impact on that. Yeah. It, it's still impact, and also. Right. The legacy thing with LeBron is interesting because unlike Steph, like you can't be LeBron. That's almost my lab argument. It's like the point is like Jordan, at least, especially early in his career, was skinnier and you know what I mean? A little less like, yeah, you, know, you can't you can't relate to like a 6'8", 260 freight train of an athletic yeah. freak. So I can't argue with that. I mean, so it's like LeBron has impacted the game Talk about, I mean, business-wise, everything. Same level of Michael Jordan. I mean, they're both billionaires, right? Right. But Except Jordan well, did it in an era where it was harder to make a billion. But all right. I, sure. I, <laughs> well, I mean, we, we shouldn't be talking money here. We're talking hoops. Right. Right. Last thing I want to mention about the whole LeBron choking in the playoffs. Because I this is this is truly the argument I hate the most. People also love to just forget about 2012 or 2013 against the Spurs. Okay. You might have been too young for this. I don't know if you were watching. No, Ray Allen. Ray Allen hit a shot when the fans left the stadium. If Ray Allen misses that shot, LeBron goes one of three with the Heat. Sure. Let's talk game seven. Because, yeah, I mean, okay, if John Paxson misses a shot for the Bulls, they lose. If Steve Kerr misses that other shot in, what, 96, they lose. Fine. Like, we can go back and forth all day. Game seven, this is facts. I went back and watched this this morning. I went back and watched the last five minutes of that game. This is, you know, this is the Spurs dynasty. I'm glad you did your research for this, by the way. I feel flattered you did this much research. man. I come prepared (laughs) for Chase Coburn all day. This is the Spurs dynasty, but they had a young Kawhi. So, sure, Duncan and Parker and Ginobili were a little older, but they kind of counterbalanced it with the fact that they had this guy Kawhi who was – so good at the time. Um, still is. Game seven. Four minutes and 30 seconds to go. Okay. LeBron hits a jumper. Puts them up, I think, I think about six or so. They then start double teaming him. So a couple plays later, he drives, kicks it out to Battier, wide open three, bucket. So now, then all of a sudden, fast forward, they're up two with a minute 30 to go. And this is when the greatness of LeBron James really kicks in. This is people don't talk about this minute 30 stretch. So they're up two, a minute 30 to go, game seven, NBA finals. This is everything you ever dream of doing as a GOAT. He guards Tony Parker, uh, forces Tony to kick it over to Kawhi, who misses a three. So he locks down the opposing team's point guard. Crazy. Then LeBron misses a shot. LeBron skies in for an offensive rebound, kicks it out to Battier, who misses a three but still making an impact off the ball. Then, reading my notes here, uh, 
He hits a jumper with 27 seconds to go to go up two points. That's the definition of clutch, right? They, or they were up two, then he hits this pull-up jumper off a of pick and roll. They go up four. Then he gets a steal on the next possession by locking down Manu Ginobili and then hits two free throws. Ices the game. That was that was a pure clutch masterclass by LeBron. You said, seven. you said that was game seven? Yeah. That was game seven. What's game seven? <laughs> I mean, look, and again, this kind of goes back. This kind of goes back to my initial point. It's kind of hard to argue with stats. And this is kind of also hard for me as well, being someone that's younger. Like, you can only watch as much Jordan footage. I went back a few, like, a, about a year ago and watched a random regular season game between Dominique Wilkins and Michael Jordan. Like, I'm trying to watch as much footage as I can. Right, yeah, right. And then, and then I missed kind of the earlier years of LeBron. I've kind of been seeing this kind of later part, kind of starting with the whole Warriors dynasty until now. So obviously, I just kind of got to go based off stats, narratives, all of that. So it's kind of hard to compare. But to me, there was always something about Michael Jordan to where he was so much better than everyone else. I feel like you've been trying to make an argument, I, and I respect it, about why LeBron has been so much better than everyone else. To me, with Jordan, it was just so obvious that when Michael Jordan stepped on the court, like there's not a person better than him. And maybe that's his work ethic, maybe that's his attitude, but like that's how dominant he was, and that's why once you gave him a little bit of help, Nobody could beat him. I mean, he goes away from the NBA for two years. Hakeem Olajuwon has his moment, and then it's right back to Jordan. It's like, you know, Jimmy Highroller said something. You know, they think of LeBron, you know, NBA players think of LeBron as their peer. They kind of revere Michael Jordan. It was just like this whole mentality of like, he's that much better. I feel like you can't make that argument for LeBron. I feel like he was never that much better in an era. Tell me the Toronto Raptors don't fear LeBron James after he beat them in the playoffs every single year. Reason, here's another reason that I should have gone back and said beforehand about why the East was so weak during LeBron's years. Because everyone left. No one wanted to play in the East because they knew they'd lose to LeBron in the playoffs. In fact, the only star caliber player during basically like LeBron's peak run through the East that went West to East was Carmelo Anthony who went from the Nuggets to the Knicks. Every other star player either went east to west to get out or stayed west. I feel like that 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 says a lot, right? And that's part of the reason. I have a question. How much, how much of that is is because of LeBron? I think a lot. You think so? You really think people avoided the east that much? I mean, are, are teams going to the east much more now that LeBron's out of it? I mean, I don't even know compared. I mean... I mean, I, I think you. I think you would say they are. All right. I mean, I guess Dame's going there now. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess. I, I mean, I guess you can make that point. Sure. Yeah. So that's that's fear. I would argue. Right. I would argue that is fear. You got. You got. He's getting guys to move teams. That's fair. That's fair. And I guess that also kind of goes under the impact thing as well. By the way, I kind of want to mention this not in a more kind of argumentative way, but more just like an interesting way. Um, and maybe I'm there. I don't know if you've ever thought about this. I was, I was thinking about this last night when I was doing research for this, their career trajectories, like they're such different players. LeBron's like six, eight, two sixty, can rumble by anybody like a football player. Jordan's simply like, I'll cross you up, hit a jumper in your face with two seconds left. Cause you can't do anything about it. Right. Um, like they both win, but 
like in such different ways, yet their career trajectories are very similar. You get to a team that was kind of hopeless, and you're supposed to be like this kingmaker, like the savior to the city, right? You win a little bit, but it's not until you really start getting help that you finally start to reach the next level. Once you do get help, or in LeBron's case, he went somewhere else to find help, then you're in the finals, Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals, whatever it was, every single year, essentially. Like, you know, right there to win an NBA championship. You can't win them all. You get there, and then you kind of cement yourself with multiple high-quality, memorable NBA championships toward the end of their career. Like, I feel like their career trajectories are both very similar, and maybe that's why this debate is so close. It's a good point. Yeah, no, it's a great point. I also think this is why LeBron wants to play with Bronny, because that's something that Jordan never did. Jordan's kids, I think, played at Central Florida, if I'm not mistaken, and (laughs) they were, you know, I mean, look, still D1 athletes, but never sniffed the league. Andrew, I have a question. You went to the to Bronny's debut. Does he look like a guy that can play in the NBA? Uh, Yeah, I I do. do. Okay. I think he's. I haven't seen much of him in college. Now, look, I'm not a scout. It's obviously small sample size. He doesn't project to me as a guy who's going to like – I mean, he's not Damian Lillard, right? He's not – like, Bronny isn't going to average 25 a game in the NBA. Maybe he can get there one day. He's like a a great role player, though. And that's not not a slight either. Like, like Bronny in his first game, the moment he checked into the game, he started picking up the other team's point guard one-on-one full court. He had this ridiculous chase down block that got posted everywhere. He's a James's do. And it's like, he's cut from that LeBron IQ cloth where like, he's just so smart that he's going to figure out, he's not going to fail in the NBA. Worst case scenario. He's like the Anthony Melton, which is still really good. Right. Yeah. So I think he's an NBA guy. Now, can he help the Lakers right now or whatever LeBron said in that interview? I don't know about that. But right. I do think Bronny's going to be a good NBA player. All right. Cool, cool, cool. That was, that was kind of a, a little bit off topic. But, uh, yeah, very interesting. Do you feel like – I kind of want to go to teammates. Do you sure. think LeBron had stronger or weaker teammates, or do you think it's about even? I feel like I've never, as even a Jordan guy, really come to a conclusion about this. I've more talked about competition compared to what they've actually got. It's a good question, and it's – admittedly something I haven't even really dove into either because I think everyone immediately kind of goes to, well, I don't know. I would assume people immediately go to Jordan, but also at the same time, I mean, playing with Anthony Davis, who's been a top 10 type of guy over the last five years is obviously a good thing for LeBron. He had Kyrie in 2016 when Kyrie was going crazy. Now the Dwayne Wade part of it's interesting because I think after 2011, Dwayne Wade really wasn't D Wade. I think he, you know, with the knee injuries and. Or I have a question: Was he just not being D Wade because LeBron was there? Like it, my, like if LeBron never came to the Heat, it all, everything always comes back to what ifs. But like, if LeBron did go to the Heat, is Wade still being Wade? Right. I guess we'll never know. But yeah, I guess we'll never know. What I what we do know is that, and this is another thing I've written down: the 2015 Finals. This is another crazy thing. Like. This is, and this is part of the reason why I think it's crazy that people blame LeBron for losing in the finals. You know who was the Cavs' second leading scorer in that finals? By who, Christian Thompson? 
No. Timothy Mozgov at 14.5 points per game because Kyrie got hurt, obviously. Shout out to Timothy Mozgov, 14 and a half? <laughs> that, dude, that dude is closer to, like, out of the league than to being a legitimate second-best scorer in a final series. I mean, it's – and Jordan obviously never had a team where that was the case, right? And, by the way, LeBron in that series against that Warriors team, 36-13-9. and nine. Like, it's just – that's – I mean, that's dominance. And I don't think you can argue that losing – anything, like, just – yeah, losing that series doesn't, should not be a blemish whatsoever, I guess is my point. No, it shouldn't. But I also feel like eventually, right, four and six, there's a lot of context involved there. But it is still four and six. Like, I do feel like you could technically go back and make an excuse also every time Michael Jordan lost in the second round of the playoffs. So, like, I feel like it is also a little hard. Like, I understand maybe that series, but, like, I do feel like it is also kind of hard. It's like, how many times are you going to make an excuse? You know what I mean? It's a good point. I'll say twice. I think 2007 yeah. against the Spurs, young LeBron, let's wipe that one out, okay, as, as right. a, a loss. And then 2015, when, again, his two other best players got hurt, facing just a ridiculous team, let's wipe that out. So I'll say LeBron's 4-4. Four and four. I think that's more fair. Okay. 500, 100, all right. <laughs> um, I, I'm just fine. What's the thing? Where, where, where would you land? Who do you think had better teammates? To be honest, I think I, this is kind of a, a weird thing because it kind of go hand in hand. I think LeBron had better teammates. I think Jordan had a better system. LeBron, I don't think really – has LeBron ever had an incredible coach? I mean, he won an NBA title with Frank Vogel, and then he, like, left two years later. Like, I feel like LeBron's never really had a stable coaching situation. Jordan had Phil Jackson for, what, 10, 11 years? So, like, I feel like something has to be said for that as well. Um, the fact that, like, with the triangle offense, like, I feel like Jordan was always in a much more secure and stable system. Mm-hmm. And that's actually an argument for LeBron. But when you just talk about, like, having a co-star, like, Scottie Pippen is the definition of a Robin. I feel like LeBron's played with a lot of possible Batmans. Yep. So, I think LeBron's had better teammates. I think Jordan has had a better system. So, like, it kind of offsets to me. No, it's a good point. The the Batman versus Robin thing. Right. Like Anthony Davis, peak Anthony Davis, especially like in the right. bubble, was better right. than any version of Scotty. Right. So right. you're right. I mean, in terms of Batman's and Robins, I think we could also go for hours and compare like role players. Like I would argue Ron Harper was better than, you know, Mario Chalmers or whatever. Right. Right? But then but then if you also go to that point, it's like, are we really gonna decide who the greatest player of all time right. is because right. of the sixth man on the one team, you know? Right, exactly. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I basically, I do think it should be just considered like a wash. I think teammates. Yeah. Sure. I do want to go to one thing. We've kind of been mentioning how they do under pressure, but like I feel like in the tight moments, and I know Jordan's had other guys hit shots in the biggest moments, like Steve Kerr, John Paxson. I'm obviously aware of those, but I feel like in two of LeBron's biggest title runs ever, 2013 and 2016, he didn't hit that shot. I feel like maybe he, because obviously LeBron had the block, which I'm still on record of saying that's the second greatest play in NBA history behind Jordan's 98 shot over Byron Russell in 98. So to me, I feel like LeBron made big plays in other ways, but I feel like also with the game on the line, 
having the ball. The fact that Jordan was always the one, or not always, but most of the time, was the one with the ball and taking that shot. This is not a fetch to Kobe. Kobe made a lot of those because he took a lot of those. Like, Jordan's percentage on those shots was incredible. He took them, and he made them. Like, I feel like something does have to be said about that. And again, maybe this is me ignoring the plays that LeBron's made off the ball, the off-the-ball screen, or the blocks or incredible defense or whatever. But I do feel like something has to be said of the guy that's actually taken the shot. Uh, you're, you're right. You're right. And, like, if you ask me today, I need one bucket. Who do I want to have the ball? I'm taking Michael Jordan over LeBron. Now, is scoring overvalued? Is that because scoring is just, like, the easiest thing to kind of, like, mentally capture when you're watching a game? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? We can argue about, like, right, is scoring, you know, over or undervalued? I don't know. If anything, I think it's perfectly fine, fairly fine. And again, this is why we could debate this for hours because you, you could get on side topics. We're at 53 minutes right now. It's just rambling about this, you know? All I'll say is that, again, I think LeBron James is very clutch. And I, I hate this counter argument. I mean, I mentioned you mentioned 2013. Yeah, Ray, Ray Allen hit the shot in game six. We already talked about how LeBron hit the clutchest shot in game seven, 27 seconds to go mid-range jumper to go up four. You know, LeBron's hit plenty of shots in the earlier rounds against the Wizards. He had a game winner early in the See, now I actually remember years ago, you did a video breaking down a video between Jordan and LeBron. And I literally remember they showed a video of LeBron like missing a free throw or something in that game. And then you're like, time out, we got to pause this. And he went to YouTube and you right. saw the next play LeBron hit a buzzer meter. That was funny. Like out of all games, he used that one. That was kind of silly. Yeah, or again, like the three-pointer top of the key against the Magic in, what was that, 20, 2009 maybe? Uh, you know, they're the game winners against the Bulls from the corner, the the runner off the glass over OGN and OB against the Raptors. Like LeBron's, LeBron has a bunch of game winners in the playoffs too. So, and his percentages are good too. I don't have them off the top of my head. But right, yeah, yeah, nor do I have Jordan. All that to say, you're right. I'm still – I want – Jordan was the better scorer. I want him to have the ball if I need one bucket. But basketball so much more than that. Right. Who do you think was the better defender? I'm going to get killed for this. I do think it was LeBron. Now, I think okay. Jordan – Are you just saying that because he could guard all five? Are you just saying that because he could guard all five? That's my question. When he's locked in, he's just bigger. He's just stronger. He's bigger and stronger. Like, at the end of the day, a lot of defense is athleticism. And he can guard more positions. I think his IQ, like, reading plays, there's so many examples of LeBron, like, calling out the play that the other team is running and knowing the play when the other team doesn't even know their own play. So the combination is just more athletic plus IQ. When LeBron is locked in, gives him the edge to me. Now, LeBron takes a lot of plays off, especially in the regular season, and Jordan arguably didn't. So, you know, man, if you know, if we could just take off, you know, half the, half the time we did our own jobs, boy would we be happy. You're right. You're right. So, if you want to give it to Jordan, I get I'd love it. to skip Spanish every day. You kidding me? Yeah. Look, I I quit Spanish after my junior year of high school. So, you're right. You're right. But I do can stand by the fact that just when they're both locked in, I would take LeBron. Okay. That's fair. I just think to me, like, 
who do you think the greatest defender is? I know you made a video on that. Who'd you say it was? I forget. Yeah, who did I say? I think I said. Did you say Hakeem? Yeah. So. Yeah. Defense is so weird because, like, how do you compare Gary Payton and Hakeem Olajuwon? Yeah, it's kind of yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that also that is also the case. How do you compare LeBron and MJ? Like, MJ is one of I think five or six players to ever win Defensive Player of the Year as a guard. Right. But I'm also not going to sit here if not. I'd feel bad about myself if I told you LeBron shouldn't have won that Defensive Player of the Year in 2013. Literally, Marcus Saul made second team all defense and he won Defensive Player of the Year. Like, what's happening? Right. Um, but it, it's so hard to compare these two defenders. I think relative to the guard position, Jordan was a more dominant defender against the peers that he was guarding sure. than LeBron was. Sure. But... Again, I'd also argue that there, or you'd also probably argue that there aren't as many good defensive guards. So it's easier for Jordan to make two guard spots on an all-defensive first team than it is LeBron to make three really good forwards, including would, big men. Yeah, it's a good point. I would also right. argue that in the same way that people love to bring up the hand-checking rules and the physicality of the 90s as a reason why Jordan's scoring was more impressive, I would argue those same rules are why LeBron's defense is more impressive. It is so hard to play perimeter defense in today's NBA. Like, uh, this is why I put Drew Holiday in my top 10 perimeter defenders ever video. Because, like, dude, I can't imagine trying to play defense out there. You can't hand check. You really can't do anything or else you're going to get called for a foul. James Harden exposed Unless it's Jason Tatum against LeBron. Right. But also, like, there's so much space. That, like, right. you're on an island versus, like, in the 80s and 90s, everything was cramped into the paint. So if you got blown by a little bit, there'd be another guy right there to stop the drive. Versus in right. today's era, if you're blown by and you get exposed one-on-one, -on -one, like, it looks bad. Okay, okay, but then it can offset that and say, like, games used to end in 85 to 76 games. I mean, if the Bulls score 85 and Jordan's scoring 35 of them, I mean – Right. LeBron's not doing that in a league where his team is averaging, what is it, 115? Right, so, but I mean, also he doesn't need to right. because there's better offensive talent out there. So I'm, I'm with right. you. Yeah. Like, there's, we're and that's where we go back to the eras argument. Right. Like, how do you compare eras? Exactly, exactly. So, which kind of almost wrapped this all up is why, like, we're, we spent the last hour making each other's arguments, which I think tells right. us that, like, there really is no right answer when we're looking at teammates and all this stuff like you know contextually which is why which is just why i value who was better at the game that's kind of what i always come down to and i think lebron was just better at basketball there's more he could do right and this is why i hate doing this because like i feel like when we've done this again we've done this for like an hour goodness gracious yeah. and like i feel like for the past hour i've been making lebron james seem like a trash basketball player. He is the to me the second greatest basketball player of all time. Like yeah. the fact that I've been having to put him down for the past hour, that's a tough task. To me, I am going Jordan just simply based on truly how dominant he was. And I feel again, this kind of goes back to my opening remark as well. He was just always that much better than everyone else. And again, maybe that was mentality or whatnot. But personally, you're going maybe with the best player. To me, I'm going with the greatest, the guy that can, or maybe just 
maybe I'm going with the best player in a different way. You know, maybe you're going with the best player as a guy that can do more with the basketball. I'm going with a guy that I know, no matter what's going on, I feel can win and that I feel I trust and has very little weaknesses along the way. So, again, we are literally seven seconds away from reaching one hour on this thing, which is unbelievable. But will there ever be an answer? I don't know. Well, here's what I'll end with. For you, because LeBron's still playing, is there anything LeBron could do in the remainder years of his career to become the GOAT in your eyes? I was actually literally about to ask you that question, which is funny. Uh, I'll answer. um, To be honest, I don't know. Because, like, there's also an element of what I think is going to happen as well. I can't see LeBron winning another championship. I can't. Congrats on your your NBA Cup, LeBron. Um, But um, I just, like, I feel like this argument is still going to stay the way it is. Even if somehow, remarkably... LeBron wins two championships and he's six for twelve in the finals. I feel like these same points are going to be made. So to be honest, like LeBron's so late in his career, what is he thirty nine years old at this point? We didn't even mention the longevity aspect um, in this compared to peak. We we maybe touched on it a little bit, Um, and I'm glad we did because that's like the stereotypical Jordan LeBron debate. You mentioned longevity or whatnot, Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm glad we did it. But to be honest, at this point, no. I think Jordan is the greatest, and I don't really think there is anything LeBron can do, nor that I have faith that he will do to possibly become the GOAT, in my eyes. Yeah. But if he was, you? Well, I already think he's the GOAT. But well, no, I, I'm saying, like, if you were a Jordan guy, like, yeah. like, what do you think LeBron would, like, do you think he, like, is there anything else Say you were a Jordan guy, right? And mm-hmm. and you were making the points that I was making. Like, was there is there anything that LeBron could do to you that could maybe switch that? Or make you feel more confident in this take? Yeah, like sweep the playoffs three years in a row, get to seven <laughs> rings, and get fingers in every single game. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, like, honestly, no. And that's I think I agree with you. It's like him winning one or two more doesn't really answer any of the questions. Unless, unless it was truly like, you know, in two years, Wemby becomes the greatest player, you know, we've seen. And then, like, there's or some there's some super team, and LeBron takes them down with no one else and hits three game winners. Like, it would have to be something so, like, mind-blowingly. Right. Like, like truly great that, like, yeah, yeah but probably not because he would still have lost six times in the finals and you would still have the same argument. Right. All right, so we've just been running in circles for the past hour and two minutes. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed it. Uh, let us know. I'll have a poll and kind of a, uh, a question here posted. If you guys are Spotify people that are listening, you guys can vote, see who is the GOAT. And uh, be sure to check out, Andrew, are you ever going to publish your official list or whatnot? You've been on my case, man, for at least a year now on me doing it. I will. I, I will yeah. put it into existence that this summer – I will be doing more long form content. And one of the first videos I do will finally be that top 25 of all time video. And then I will I come wait. right back on this show and we can debate. Yeah. We'll just, we'll keep debating something else for an hour and three yes. minutes. Andrew, thank you guys so much, guys. Be sure to go to andrewfetishell.com. Check out his merchandise and a hundred K. Heck, why don't we do this in a year and get the 200 K? Let's, let's, let's make that the goal. Andrew, thanks so much for coming on. Of course.
All right, thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to vote on the poll, and again, check out all of Andrew's content. You guys know the drill. I am your host, Chase Cobra. We will see you next time here on the Cool Sports Network.